Did you know that there are over a thousand commandments in the New Testament? Yeah, that's right. That's the New Testament. It's something I've never thought about either. And quite honestly, if you know every single one of those commandments, you probably have a religious spirit and you need to cast that thing out. The reason I'm talking about this today is that I had an experience that'll illustrate how all the commandments in the New Testament were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And remember, when he was asked about the two greatest commands, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that all of the law and the prophets are fulfilled in those two laws. So as New Testament believers, we don't need to memorize every single one of the commandments in the New Testament if we live according to that greater law, which is loving God and then loving others. And the love that he's talking about here is not just a flimsy human love. This is agape love. This is self-sacrificial love. This is putting the needs of others above yourself. That's real love. That's the love that Christ had for us and that we are to show others, that self-sacrificial love. So this week I had an opportunity to actually walk this out. I started about two weeks ago with my check engine light came on in my car. And so I took it to a local shop and they hooked up the computer to it and it showed that they needed to replace the coolant sensor. So I had that done. It was about $300. And when I went to pick up the car, the check engine light was still on. And so I had to take it back to the shop. They spent a day with it, could never get the check engine light off. And so they told me, you need to take your car to a dealer. And because I live on an island, the nearest dealer for my car was an hour away in Jacksonville, Florida. So I made an appointment with the dealer because I had a recall on my car anyway. So I had to have it done. So I made the trip to Jacksonville earlier this week. I had to go on Monday. I had an appointment at 10 to get the check engine light checked out. I figured it would just be a simple reset. Well, they came to me after I had been waiting for about two hours and they said, oh, we found out the problem. We had to replace some wires. You have rodent damage. I don't know how I got that because my car is in the garage, but maybe before I bought the car, I bought the car. <laughs> anyway, he showed me pictures on my phone. I'm like, yeah, well, you got to do it. It's 500 some dollars. Okay, that's <laughs> the first issue. So I go back and sit for another hour and a half, two hours. He comes back. He goes, well, we replaced the wires, but then it didn't resolve the problem and the check engine light was still on. So now it turns out that you actually need to replace the coolant tank, the actual tank. And by the way, your sensor wasn't bad. So you had that replaced and you didn't need to. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Okay. So how much is that? Oh, that's another $500. Okay. Well, I have to have it done. So I go back. I sit for another two hours. This time when he comes out, he actually doesn't text me to tell me that my car is ready, which immediately I started to wonder what's going to happen now. And he comes to me and he's just got this look of real concern. And he just looks at me and says, it's bad. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but here I am sitting in the car dealership. I've been there now for six hours. And he looks at me and says, it's bad. I'm like, okay, all right. So what's happening? Well, we replaced the tank. We replaced the wires. Now we found that the thermostat 
has corrosion on it and the thermostat needs to be replaced. And that's about $2,000. So I just kind of looked at him, take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to call my husband on this. So I call my husband and now I've been sitting in the dealership. I haven't eaten all day. I'm tired. My head is spinning because I came in thinking it was going to be a simple reset. And now he's telling me, oh yeah, it's at least $2,000. We're going to work up a quote for you. I'll get you a loaner car. We're not going to be able to do this today. You're going to have to come back. It's a five-hour repair. So clearly not what I wanted to hear. And I am getting to the point of this. I know you don't want to hear about my car, but it is relevant because you have to understand the whole process and how I got to where I got. But immediately when I got that news and after I talked to my husband, I thought, you know what? I am not going to let Satan steal my joy in this. And right then I just looked around and I saw a woman who worked there and she had mentioned something about her jaw being sore. And so right then I decided, okay, I'm going to get back (laughs) at the enemy. And so I went up to the woman and I said, I noticed you said that you have TMJ in your jaw sore. And she said, yes. And I said, would you like me to pray for you? Because when I pray, things happen. And she looked at me and she went, okay, okay. So anyway, I was able to sit down and pray with this woman in the dealership. And it was amazing how that just shifted my focus from, okay, I'm not going to look at this situation. I'm not going to get overwhelmed, but I'm going to put my eyes back on Jesus I'm going to honor him in everything that I do, and I'm going to make the devil pay because I'm going to go pray for this woman for her healing and get her healed. And so I did that, and then they brought the loaner car to me, so I left. I drive home. It's about an hour and a half. I get home, and my husband calls me later that night or texts me because he was working out of town, and he said, you know, I did a little research, and the thermostat for your car for the part and labor It's an average repair cost of seven to nine hundred dollars. Well, that's quite a big difference from the over two grand that the dealer told me it was going to cost for the thermostat. So immediately it undermined every single thing the guy had told me. And I'm like, okay, now I realize we're being gouged. So my husband tried to call the dealer that night. Of course, they were closed. And so I said, well, you need to call the dealer tomorrow at 7 a.m. and tell them not to do the work. So my husband said, yes, I'll call them in the morning. Well, long story short, my husband calls them in the morning and the guys tell him, oh, I think they've got it almost done. He took it all apart. He stayed late last night, blah, blah, blah. And now I am panicking. So I'm calling the service guy as soon as they opened. And I left a message for the guy who I'd been dealing with to call me back as soon as he got in that morning. And when he called me back, obviously I'm very distraught. We called first thing in the morning to tell them not to do the work because of the fact that we found out that we were being gouged. And the guy tells me the same thing my husband had been told. Oh, yeah, I think he's almost done. He's taken it all apart. And I said, but how can that be? I left when you were closing and we called before you opened. And he said, oh, he stayed late last night. So again, I wasn't sure whether that was true or not, but I began to just say, but we didn't understand how much this was going to cost. And he said, I told you last night how much it was going to cost. I said it was going to be about $3,500. And I said, no, you didn't. And he said, yes, I did. And I had just standing right here next to me, which is the woman I prayed for. And she heard me tell you that. And I said, well, it doesn't matter anymore because we don't want that thermostat replaced, not at that price. And immediately, He said, well, how about I do the whole job for $3,000? So he just knocked $1,500 off the total price that he had sent us the estimate that morning, and it was going to be $4,500. And he just 
within seconds of me resisting, he said, oh, how about I do it for $3,000? And I said, okay, so you're telling me that if I come pick up the car and I give you my credit card, you're going to put $3,000 on it. Yes, ma'am. That's right. I said, okay. So they proceeded to do the work. And then as I'm driving to pick up the car later that day, the Lord really convicted me about something. And this is the part that's relevant to this message. The Lord started convicting me about the fact that I lied. I said, you didn't tell me how much it was going to be. And the fact is he did tell us how much it was going to be. But when I heard that, I was making the assumption that that was a reasonable cost for the repair that they told me I needed. And when I found out I was being gouged, all bets are off. And of course, we're not going to pay that price because we found out online that the price is far less than that. So when I got to the dealer, I realized that I needed to tell the guy that I had lied. The Lord really convicted me about it. And no, I didn't want to. The flesh is rising up saying, well, yeah, but he's gouging me. And the Lord really reminded me. He said, you know what, Karen, it doesn't matter that he was gouging you. Yes, I understand that. But I'm concerned about your part in this. And immediately I recognized that was true. And just because he was gouging me didn't give me the right to lie and to say something that wasn't true. And so I agreed with God and I said, okay, I'm going to make it right. And when I got to the dealer, the guy was real friendly and I walked right up to him and I said, you know, I really want to talk to you about our conversation this morning. And immediately he said, oh, you're fine. You're fine. And I said, no. And I apologized to him and I said, I lied. You did tell me that it was going to be this amount. And that was not true. And then I did say, but then when I realized I was being gouged, I became really upset. So I apologized for that and for lying. And he wouldn't even look at me. I mean, he put his head down. He would not look at me in the eyes. And I realized immediately that just me being honest about my part and my role in this and acknowledging the fact that I had lied probably really convicted him of the fact that he was gouging me. And so that's the end of this story. I know I've probably taken way too much time talking about my car repair. But as I thought about this, I thought, you know, we really need to know how to walk this out practically. How do we walk out being the love of Christ? How do we love others above ourselves? And that's how we do it. We deny ourselves. I mean, of course, my pride and my ego wanted me to justify my action and say, yeah, but he gouged me, so it doesn't matter that I lied. Well, that's not true. And God's concerned what we do and how we honor him in every interaction that we have with others, in every way that we walk and live in this world, because people are looking at us. If we claim to be a believer, and yes, that guy and his coworker knew I was a believer because I had already prayed for his coworker. And so they knew I was a believer and we're called to be light in a dark world. And I'm praying that that conviction lead that young man to repentance and to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through my obedience to that. So that's all I have today. I hope that blesses you and helps you to walk this out in your own life and that it gives you confidence to know that when you mess up, you can go make it right. 